0: And welcome back to another episode of the Astros Future Podcast presented by Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. I'm your host, Jimmy Price, also known as Astros Future. You can find me on Twitter at Astros Future and find me on my website, astrosfuture.com.
1: I'm your other co host, Kenny Van Doren. You can find me on Twitter at TheVandalorian. All
0: right, we're finally back at it with the podcast today. We're going to do a little minor league preview, but also do some predictions for the Astros as well. But we're, we're going to jump right into the minor leagues. We'll start with AAA, Sugar Land Space Cowboys. Their first game is going to be tomorrow, we're recording today now on a Monday night. First game is tomorrow, looking at a kind of pre- preliminary roster. Obviously, me and Kenny were out there on, on Saturday, so we got to see uh, the live workout. Got to see a lot of the guys who were playing and who are going to be assigned to the team. Thing that stuck out, you know, they went 75 55 last year. But the thing that really stuck out is pretty much every pitcher that's on their roster for, for 2022 was on their roster for 2021, and that roster led the AAA West in ERA. So they're returning a really good staff. Uh, headlined by probably, well, there's quite a few guys, but number one, Peter Solomon, the AAA West Pitcher of the Year, had a phenomenal year, 112 strikeouts in 97 innings. We saw what he did uh, in his Major League debut as well with the Astros. I don't expect him to be down all season. He's definitely going to get another chance at some point this year.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I think the best thing you can look at from this year to last year, I know there's a lot of guys coming back, like Bermudez, France, uh, Brown, you know, three guys that started the year in AA, got the promotion at some point in the summer but uh this, you know four pitchers right there and you you talk about the ERA um i want people to know when you look at ERA and AAA that it's very inflated uh you, they play these games on the road at high altitudes and so hitters are going to have monstrous OPSs and pitchers going to have like crazy high ERAs like peter saw him at a 4.0 4.70 ERA last year and that was still like the one of the best it was in the top five for AAA West pitchers. And like you said, he was a AAA West pitcher of the year. But the best thing I like about these four guys is you got Solomon Bermudez and then they're both on the 40 man roster and they can be that depth back in, you know, back into the later end of the season. You know, when you there's a five man rotation right now, they could move it to six in the majors. But those guys can fill in for spot starts. A guy like Tyler Ivy's coming back, still in the 40-man. Sean Dubin, another guy has been doing more of some bullpen work, piggybacking. Right. But I really like this rotation going into the years. A lot of guys who've had AAA experience, and this year they're going to go a full AAA season. You know, Maybe a guy like Peter Solomon's going to see more time in the majors than the rest of them. But this team is you know, it's, it's deep. It's deep in that pitching staff, and it's something to be excited for because some of these guys could either be trade ships or they could be that depth that's needed in injuries, which they didn't have last year.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. You know, they see the, the national rankings of the Astros being down there in the, the lower 20s level for the, for the prospect ranking. But you look at the the, the roster that they got on AAA, really the staff, and, you know, there's, there's probably, at, I would say, at least four or five guys on that staff right now that are going to contribute in some way this year. Peter Solomon, Hunter Brown, Bermudez, Dubin, uh, maybe even a France who's going to be their opening day starter tomorrow. Uh, but you mentioned Solomon, the struggles on the road, and I, I talked to him this offseason about it, and you start trying to really pitch around hitters Get some guys on base, and then you got to attack, and then bam, one mistake, and now you you know given up a three run home run. But his ERA was two six six at home. Like I said, I think we saw what he was able to do at the major league level, and I'm really excited for his future. But Hunter Brown, you know, top arm in the system right now. 131 strikeouts in 100 innings last year. Uh, even a better ERA in Triple uh, A than he had in Double A. Guy that's uh, going to be really fun to watch this year in Double A. Uh, or sorry, AAA. And then uh, Jonathan Bermudez, you know, guy kind of came out of nowhere last year, had a phenomenal year. Left-hander, like you mentioned, got added to the uh, 40-man roster this offseason. So if the Astros do have an injury, you know, he could be one of the first guys up, and won't have to make a move. And then J.P. France, another guy we talked about, led the Astros and or Astros' minor league system in strikeouts and innings last year. Another breakout guy. So, their their pitcher rotation is gonna be is gonna be a lot of fun to watch. And then you got like you mentioned Ivy coming back as well. And then Dubin phenomenal in relief. I think people are gonna really get to know him this year. I think he'll get a chance. But on the offensive side, there's some guys returning. Obviously Pena is gonna well. I mean it, it appears he's gonna be at the major league level. He had not been assigned yet. Uh, Corey Lee is gonna be down there. He's gonna be fun to watch. Matt Ejevic at first. But I know you noted the uh, the versatility that they've added. And I know Mickey Story had something to say about that as well. But what's your take on the versatility that the uh, the, the Space Cowboys have?
1: I think over the last few years we've seen so many different players out of position. I uh, you know you and I have probably watched a lot of Skeeters games last season when they were the Skeeters. You see Matijevic in the outfield, uh, Alex Dagodi, who's was on the forty-man roster for like a week uh, last season. He plays shortstop, second base, third base. When we were down in Sugarland the other day, it was Hensley, David Hensley, who's going to make his first appearance in AAA this or t- on Tuesday at uh, third base. Pedro León, who's you know a regular center fielder, taking ground balls at shortstop, Dagodi at second and Mattie Jevich at first, all four of those guys can play different positions. And you talk about the position addition and um, story brought it up. Manager Mickey story. He's talking about the, the position addition has been going on for a few, uh, um, a few years now. And other teams right. are just now picking up on it. They've been doing it throughout the system for a while. And you look at other guys that are coming are coming into this team like uh, Barreto, Franklin Barreto, who is major league experience, didn't make the 40-man roster. He'll start in AAA. It could be like a Robel Garcia thing, but starting the minors first. And that's just another guy who can play third, uh, second shortstop. And you look at the outfield, too, it's going to be completely different from last year. No Jose Siri, no Jake Myers, no Brian De La Cruz. You know, you got Brinson coming in from the Marlins, uh, Corey Jolks, Marty uh, Costas, four or three guys that can just play all all across the outfield.
0: Okay. Yeah, and the, the the couple guys I'm really looking forward to Pedro Leon. Obviously struggled in Double A a little bit last year. To start out got really hot, uh, had really good numbers. I think his last probably month and a half in Double A made it up to uh, up to Triple A. Had a couple decent games and got hurt and came back and it, it just wasn't really the same. But uh, looking forward to seeing him. But David Hensley too, kind of an older prospect, but you know, we saw him in person down Saturday. Guys, uh huge six six, Uh, but you know he's got someone out there we kind of compared him to a taylor jones but he's, he's, he's more mobile he's more probably agile than a taylor jones i mean that's that's why he's able to play second short third base things like that um but really looking forward to see what he could do i think he finished the last 45 games last year in double a hitting like 345 something like that uh plays all over the infield it seems like a perfect utility guy but yeah space cowboys are going to be a fun uh, t- a ton of fun to watch hopefully a lot of fans get down there and see them but we'll jump down to the hooks and they're all i feel like now looking at their roster what it might be is a lot of the the fun's going to be on the offensive side and that's kind of really starts with the catching depth they got luke Hill who was the offensive player of the year last year in the astros minor league system got him in the, the uh, trade from the reds for cnl perez phenomenal offensive year due to mash you know and he, he he's probably going to play some first some dh as well some catcher be fun to see him yiner diaz a guy they got in the Miles straw trade had a really good offensive season we've seen scouts note that you know the bat is his calling card, and he showed just that last year. And then Joe Perez, you know, returning to Double A, uh, he'll be in Triple A at some point this year. He made it from Low A all the way to Double A last year. Uh, struggled a little bit to start, and then really caught you know caught fire towards the end there. So I mean, those are just a couple guys that are going to be fun to watch on, on the Hooks roster.
1: I think the whole the Joe Perez starting in Double A uh, was kind of like a kind of a surprise to me. I think once he got added to the forty man, I was like, okay, he's going to make that jump to Triple A get a more accustomed to like third base and first base and triple A. Because beyond Matijewicz, they're going to play catchers at first base in triple right. A with, you know, Manaya, Corey Lee, maybe some Michael Papirski. When you look at that, uh, the Hooks roster, I guess Perez is going to be that versatility <laughs> uh, down in Corpus Christi. I guess I just thought that jump, I know, like how you said, he kind of struggled when he got to double-A, um, you know, it kind of caught up to him. It was one of like his longest seasons. We talked about that when we had him on the podcast a few right. a few weeks ago. And I think someone like him and Greg Kessinger, we found that Greg Kessinger wasn't going to be uh, in triple-A either. And he's a guy that baseball America has loved. You know, I think we, we talked about that in Sugarland. We thought, Oh, this guy's got great versatility. He's playing more first base, third base. He can play the middle infield as well. So I thought both of them would jump up to triple-A and that total yeah. infield would be like a lot of versatility, but these are two guys that baseball America loves. They love yep. Joe Perez. They love what he, his ceiling is. They love Kessinger. He can play across the diamond now and he can, he can get on base, but I know last year he kind of struggled right. at the plate. Those are two guys. And I think with the hooks that you're going to watch the most in that infield. Um, I do like the catching depth, uh, you know, sure. with Diaz and Barry Hill. So.
0: Yeah. And then speaking of infield, another couple of individuals that'll be fun to watch. Emmanuel Valdez, we saw what he did in high last year, had some insane home run numbers, but he got promoted to double A and the home run numbers kept up, you know. And he's got a lot of loft in the swing, hits a lot of fly balls, kind of a a smaller guy, stocky. Uh, So be fun to see what he can do down in double A, you know, kind of repeating that year. But Shea Whitcomb, guy came out of nowhere, fifth round pick back in the, the 2020 season. Last year, first professional baseball hits 293, 23 homers, 30 stolen bases. Talk about versatility. Same thing. Guys play second, third, short. Um, so I'm really excited to see what he does at Double A because really at this point he's got some swing and misses in the game, but he's got some power and speed. And for us, it was more just got to see what is he going to be challenged. What's he going to do when he's challenged? This year is going to be that challenge for him. But he'll have guys there like Perez and Valdez as well on the offensive side. But uh, the pitching staff too, man. There's a lot of lot of young arms to look forward to. I know we put a couple notes down, but who, who are you looking forward to seeing?
1: I think we you know down down our list um like the players I want to look out for it's one of them is Jonathan Sprinkle. Um it's not a big deal when a prospect is assigned to a uh you know more now because the Astros assigned a lot of prospects to the major league club. One of them was Jonathan Sprinkle more recently. Um he did his first year was in 2021 and he went from low A to high A all the way to right. double A so he's going to get a full double A season this year. He pitched in 6 games um all in relief, 10.1 innings. Um, but he had a 0.87 ERA with the hooks last year and he had 12 strikeouts, the three walks. So 12 strikeouts in 10 innings. You know, this guy, this guy could flash the strikeouts. I know we have that note written right there about him. So that's one guy I would like, want to see a full season of Jonathan Sprinkle, maybe like a late triple a candidate to be
0: promoted. For sure, yeah. I mean, the guy had some some insane numbers. <laughs> Struck out seventy nine and in forty four innings last year. I mean, it's unreal. And only allowed twenty four hits. Walks were a little bit of an issue for him, but yeah, phenomenal year. Really excited to see what he can do. But a couple guys that are going to be on their their starting staff, uh, Missy samarez We saw what he did last year in Low A, High A. Twenty one years old. Struck out one hundred and three and in seventy six innings. He just turned twenty two. Uh, really nasty stuff. And then Julio Romania, a guy that uh, we talked about a little bit in this offseason, Cuban left-hander. He's smaller, 5'11, 190, something like that, but has a big looping curve and kind of almost reminds you of Dallas Keuchel in a way with the curve from the left side like that. But he's going to be 21 this year, struck out 88 and in 77 innings. And then Jaime Melendez, a big riser last year, made up a, a lot of lists, super made it to double A as a teenager, had some, uh, had some struggles in double A, but he was there at 19 years old. But a lot of upside on that starting staff.
1: I think it's also a good note to have that a lot of these starters and you know, pitchers look out for younger guys in double A. I know the last two years you had guys like JP France, 25, Bermudez, 25 in double A. And they finally got to AAA, and they'll start in triple A this year. But it's right. nice to see a lot of a younger core sure. at the double A level. And you're looking into the future. These guys will be will just start competing at a younger age. And you'll see them kind of grow faster and be candidates for the roster at some point.
0: Yeah, definitely, and it seems like it. I don't know if it's a, a, a click thing or not, but the Astros have been pretty aggressive with prospects. We saw it last year, and I kind of kind of assume maybe some of it was just, you know, you lost 2020 season due to COVID, so they're going to be a little bit more aggressive with these guys, but there's been some some kind of aggressive moves already just in, in where these guys might be playing. But uh, we'll jump down to high A, the tourist. A couple guys to look out for the, uh, there. J.C. Correa, really good offensive season, versatile, <laughs> plays all over the infield, sounds like a, we're on repeat right now, but really good offensive season. Started in Low A, had phenomenal numbers. He got promoted to High A, same thing. He's going to start in High A there. Colin Barber, guy's got you know tremendous ceiling if he can stay healthy. And last year he started out hitting the ball well, and I mean I think it was only like a couple weeks into the minor league season when he got hurt. So he'll be back. Um, and then another outfielder we've talked about a little bit, Justin Durden. He's an undrafted free agent, but posted a 9.34 OPS in 83 games last year between Low A and High A. Uh, Duke can just freaking mash, and, and he's a good athlete. He's not. He's not just your typical masher on right field. He's probably going to be a corner outfielder, but uh, just a couple of bats to, to look forward to down in high A.
1: That's another thing to note. I think the outfielding core in like high A, low A, those North Carolina teams, there's some good outfielders. And I know sure. we're get into the Woodpeckers here in a second, but it's kind of deep. And that's something that I know some people have worried about. You look at the major league level, there's not a lot of strong defense. You got Jose and Chaz McCormick, kind of Manning center. Those yeah. two guys can play some defense. You kind of worry about uh, Brantley's age or Jordan's knees. But just, like, looking at the future of the team, there's some good outfield pieces down there. Uh, the one thing I would just – I want to, like, know more about is what J.C. Correa's role is going to be. Yeah. You know, we saw that promotion. Him and Barry Hill both got that promotion to uh, high A Asheville, in, like, the middle part of the season. Mm-hmm. And, but J.C. Correa played catcher this offseason. I know a lot of people yep. know that. Martín Maldonado helped him out. Um, he didn't play that much catcher uh, in spring training at the major league level. You didn't see a lot of minor league stats or games. He played some DH. Uh, he can play shortstop. It is an interesting move to go to catcher, especially with a pretty deep catching core in triple A, double A. But I think there's just that versatility, the position addition is gonna boost his value, push him up the rankings a little bit more. But I, I'm excited to see his bat in a full high A season. I know it kind of went down a little bit after the yeah. promotion. A lot of t- a lot of prospects we saw like Joe Perez, it catches up to them. Um, that was one of his first full seasons. So yeah, I think it's something that not knock on Correa, like right when he starts off, you know, he's going to catch it, you know, he's going to get into the swing of things for the Taurus. And it's just interesting to see where that glove goes.
0: Yeah, definitely. And a lot of these guys we're seeing, you know, I follow on Instagram. I see their stories. They're posting, they're arriving in Corpus or or Fayetteville or uh, Asheville and all that. So kind of fun to see, but a, a guy that I was surprised to see assigned to high A at this point, Christian Gonzalez, and not due to the lack of upside, guys got phenomenal upside, a great athlete, really, really good arm. I mean, I, I I think the reports have been like, you know, I mean, plus, plus arm out at shortstop. I mean, it, Correa's level type of arm. Uh, but Wiry athlete, numbers weren't great last year in low A. He was only 19 years old. So that's why I was so excited or so surprised really to see him get that promotion to high A already. But that's good. I, I, that makes me think that he put in a lot of work this offseason. The Astros saw something in him because they have a guy at Correa who can, who can hold down shortstop. Like they didn't have to rush Gonzalez if he's not ready. Um, so really excited to see what he can do this year.
1: I think that might be the reason, you know, that you just talked about click. They're kind of pushing prospects up. It might have been the lost season, but that might be the reason they got, they told JC Cray, you got to pick up maybe a new tool. And so I think Christian Gonzalez, another guy, baseball America loves him. And you yeah. talked about, you know, that those offensive numbers are a little bit down in, in low A, you know, only at 19 years old, but he's a huge upside. And that's what these teams love. They love the young guys with upside. That's why you don't see JP France or, Right. Um, just, you know, those Jonathan Bermudez guys just breaking into the top tens of things because they're a little bit older, mm-hmm. but someone like Christian Gonzalez is, is probably the reason why J.C. Correa is, you know, looking for another another position.
0: Yeah, and it makes sense. And, I mean, he's he's if his defense is his calling card, you know, we'll get to see it this year. But on the pitching staff, a couple guys that looks like they're going to be there few draftees from last year, Chase McDermott and Spencer Argetti, both guys that uh, I think could you know be breakout candidates, but really good stuff, had really good numbers in low A last year for both of them. They'll get an opportunity in high A, and if everything goes well, you know they should be in double A at some point this year, so a couple guys to look out for down there.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you're going to see a lot of guys go up and down, too. There's going to be injuries at the triple A level that move double A players up, move some high A guys up. It's just an evaluation. Uh, yeah. Last year, we saw Nick Hernandez, who's been in the system for a couple years now. He went up To a Triple A from Double A, just for one game, he threw one inning, went back down, and he had a good inning. But I think it's just the evaluation card, and he's going to start the year in Triple A, so that's just something to look out for.
0: All right, we'll jump down to the Woodpeckers in Low A. Uh, Number one guy that kind of pops on my my radar really is the Astros' third round pick last year, Tyler Whitaker. Uh, We knew the the upside was tremendous with him, extreme raw power, but there were some things he needed to work on, obviously. But at 18, 19 years old, now he's starting the season in uh, in low A. That, that, to me, that's another good sign. We'll see what he can do. I'm really excited to see what the, the hitting coaches down there can do with him. One guy, I'll just say his name and I'll hit on it a little bit later, Jordan Brewer. Excited to see what he's got to do. He's a little bit older of a prospect, but we'll get a little bit more into him. But, Kenny, I want you to talk about Logan Cerny. I know that's a guy you're really excited about. The Astros got in the Garrett Stubbs uh, trade this offseason. Uh, got him from the Phillies. But what's your take on him?
1: I think that when I first saw the Stubbs trade, I wasn't surprised guys run, ran out of options. He's not going to have a, uh, you know, a real path to the majors to a regular backup role with Corey Lee, Michael Vipierski behind him. So I I looked at the return and I was just like, why Logan Cerny Um, guy who played in the GCL and the low a last year for the Phillies never played the Astros. I reached out to a coach who was an FCL coach for the Astros. He said, "Never heard of him. Never played. They never played the Phillies." So I looked into it more. He was picked four spots in front of the Astros spot um, in last year's draft, and they took an outfielder from another college outfielder. Cerny went to Troy. A mistake. I don't re- really remember who that next pick was. But it was in the tenth round. Um, Logan Cerny was taken. Um, a few things like to know about him. You know, he's he's quick. He's probably the fastest outfielder on the Astros in the Astros um, system and i think he's a guy that you know they talked a lot about this spring that you need to put on weight um he didn't fit the mold that they wanted in the outfield guy going to start at low a played a little bit of low a last year after he was drafted but i really like his tools um i think he's a good glove he's quick in the outfield um he's quick on the base paths he can hit for hit for average i think getting on base is going to be one of his best tools get on base steal. um that speed is really what's going to get him to the next next level but i think the putting on weight part is what um, the Astros want the most. And if you can put that on, he's probably going to hit for more power. Um, definitely a guy I could, I don't know if he's going to get a promotion, I think a whole year in low A. Um, he's on the older end. He's 22, 23 because he's a college um, draftee. But I really like Logan Cerny. He's one of my other, I think him and Sprinkle were my two guys to watch this year.
0: Yeah. And, and I'm with you. And it's just nice to really, you know, Garrett Stubbs gets to that point where he doesn't really have a place on the roster. The Astros are actually able to get a legitimate prospect back for him. But on the pitching side, there's the, the, the Woodpecker's rotation or, or um, pitching staff is really going to be headlined kind of by some really good young arms. Alex Santos, the first one that comes to mind, uh, former high, high pick, uh, had some good numbers last year as a teenager in, in low A. They're letting him start there again. Hopefully if things go well, he won't be there too long, but um, tremendous upside right there. Really good stuff. We got to see a little bit of it last year. And then a couple other guys, I don't want to mess the name up. And I know he was kind of a hot topic this offseason because Chandler Rome did a, a piece on it, but, Allen Bear, Santa. Did I say it right? Yeah. Okay. Nasty stuff. 96, 97, 19 years old. And he's already starting to get some buzz, you know, and uh, really good stuff. He's he's a smaller guy, but we see it over and over now. It, it doesn't really matter what size you are. If you could pitch, you could pitch. And then uh, Miguel Ulola is another guy I've heard really good things about Haven't seen him pitch, but um, just a couple young teenage arms we'll get to watch in Fayetteville this year.
1: And I think it's it's interesting to see that the two players that the Astros lost that you know, meant a lot in the last couple of years is, you know, George Springer and uh, Garrett Cole. And the two picks that they got for losing those players are currently in high A, you know, two young guys, Tyler Whitaker and uh, Mike, or Alex Santos. And out, they're both top 10 prospects in the system. You know, they're younger guys. So you, you know, you looked at when Forrest Whitley was uh, drafted, everyone mm-hmm. was, you know, following Forrest Whitley. When is he going to be here? When is he going to be here? So you got to just like wait for these guys to get ready. Um, like sure. you said, I think Alex Santos is definitely going to be, a high a candidate by the end of the year, I actually was kind of surprised because he pitched really well. He has good yep. strikeout numbers. Right. Um, but, you know, guy like, another guy like Allen Burst-Santa uh, is Baseball America loves him too. I know Chandler Rome is a Baseball America guy, but Baseball America had other reporters down there and they were just excited to see him. Young guy with a lot of velocity on his on his pitches. So right. a lot of spin. So that's a guy that, like you said, is just someone to look out for, maybe is a high a candidate, but definitely just give them that year in low A and let them just dominate and see what they can do from there.
0: All right, so that's all four levels. So we're going to talk about, real quick, a breakout prospect for this year. So one that I got listed, Jordan Brewer. He was drafted, um, I'd have to go look, maybe third or fourth round a couple years ago, but a little bit older of a prospect. Kind of was slow last year to get going, but once he got hot, he started hitting the ball really well. He actually finished the season on fire. I think the last 11 games he had like like 470 with three homers, uh, 11 RBI, something like that. Really good tools, though. You know, a phenomenal athlete starting in low A this year. I'm excited to see what he could do. But he's a guy that I think could be a, a breakout prospect. Um, and I'll throw one, one more in there. Uh, Rainier Re, uh, Rivas, the guy they got in the trade that sent uh, Max Stassi to the Angels a while back. Six foot three, 220 pounds big outfielder, good swing, and all he's done is hit so far. I think he's in his minor league career, he's he's hit over 300 at a few different stops. So to see him get an opportunity, hopefully at some point in low A this year, we can get to see what he can do. I know we kind of talked about your guys, Logan Cerny, Jonathan Sprinkle, Kenny, but throw one more name out there you think could be a a breakout prospect.
1: I think a guy that's kind of gone unnoticed, you know, you're talking about the Max Stassi trade. I like to look at players that came in from trades. Um, A name to me is Kennedy Corona. Um, The Astros got him for the Mets. I've I think it was in the Jake Marisnik trade uh, when they brought in Blake Taylor as well. But an outfield, that kind of went unnoticed. He was traded for in 2020 when there was no season. Right. Um, so a lot of people didn't really get to know who he was. He's not on any rankings anymore, but definitely a guy I want to see like in the low A, high a level this year. Kind of just rake. I don't, I think we think he's going to start the year in low A, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. That's just right. another thing to look at. That There's a lot of depth in the outfield sure. down there. And that's somebody I want to see get some innings in, see what he can do, because we didn't really see much from him.
0: Yeah. I think same thing. Really good athlete, good stolen base number. So yeah, that's a good choice as well, but that's going to do it for segment one in the next segment. We're going to take a look at the major league roster and do some predictions for the 2022 season. And we'll get to that in just a moment. And continuing on here at the Astros future podcast, if you enjoy the show, do us a favor, drop us a review, leave us some stars. We'll talk about the major league side. Now, baseball, we'll get going here. Astros opening days in about two or three days. Um, So we're going to talk some record predictions. Last year, I had them at, I think, 94 and 68 this year. I'm going to have them right there at the same, 94 and 68. I think the Astros are still the class of the AL West, still one of the best teams in the American League, one of the best teams in all of baseball. I know a lot of people point to losing Carlos Correa, but you lose Correa, but you're adding Jeremy Pena. And I'm not saying that Jeremy Pena is, is going to be a seven-war you know war player uh, as a rookie, but I think getting him to step in and, and be a solid player at shortstop, and we've seen what he can do this spring and then maybe getting a, a healthy Alex Bregman back, the Bregman of the the eighteen nineteen rather than what we saw last year. That that's going to be huge. And then you also factor in the fact that uh, Justin Verlander is going to be healthy. And I mean, he's looked phenomenal this spring for his age of velocity. I mean, everything looks great. So, just factoring those, even despite the fact that the Astros didn't make a ton of moves, I think that they got a lot of depth in the rotation. The lineup, they're basically returning the exact same lineup uh, as last year, except is now in for uh, in for Correa. And we get to see what Syria and McCormick could do. But, yeah, I, I think 94-68, and 68, and even saying that sounds a little conservative. You know, we've had so many seasons of winning 100-plus, but um, I still think they're the class AOS for sure.
1: Yeah, I think they're an automatic – you know, there's expanded postseason this year. They're going to get the top two from each division. I. Don't think it's really an argument to say that the Astros aren't a top two team. I think we both know that. Um, but I like to point out that after the 22 season or 2019 season, you know, Garrett Cole left. Um, Justin Verlander got hurt. Guys like Luis Garcia stepped up in the uh, postseason that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Framber Valdez, Jose Architi both came on the scene and were just monsters in the postseason and late into the year. I know Jose Architi was battling COVID and also like a small injury, but he came back and he, you know, was a strong arm into September and October. And you look at 2021, um, you got Jordan Alvarez back from surgery. You lost George Springer. Jordan replaces, you know, that war, you know, he's not going to replace all five war that George Springer probably could put up in an all-star year, right. but he's definitely going to be a replacement in the uh, lineup. <clears throat> you look at Carlos correa has gone the seven war. That's probably seven wins out of the season. Jeremy Pena comes in. He's been raking, uh, in spring training. I know that doesn't always translate. You know, Miles Straw always did well in spring training, didn't always translate. But that's a guy who could put up three war, you know, mm-hmm. rookie year, and that's amazing. You get right. like how you said get Alex Bregman back, five war, six war. If Alex Bregman can back, can, can get back to that MVP status, you know, MVP-like status. That's another guy who could put up six war. So you're just picking up war for in sure. different places. And I think just for myself, just into this year, I'm gonna I'm betting on 92 wins. I think mm-hmm. 92. And seven, it's 92 and 70 would yeah. be like my – would be my 162 game guess.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think the – I mean, you know, and even McCormick last year, we saw what he did in about half a season. And I think he was around a little over two war and uh, solid at the plate, solid defensively. So, that the Astros, they find production. You, you, we see it over and over from all kinds of places. But I know you put some notes down here about the bullpen, and I, there will be bullpen questions. One guy we'll talk about real quick, Ronel Blanco, got added to the Astros' bullpen um, – We just found that out a couple of days ago, but had a really good season as a Sugarlands closer last year, picked up, I think like 22 saves, 96, 97 with the fastball, real sharp slider at 88. So we'll have to see what he's going to do, you know, at the major league level, there's no telling, but he's a little bit older prospect. I think he's 27, 28 now maybe, but really excited to see what he can do with the bullpen. But what else else are you worried about kind of in that bullpen? I mean, outside of obviously Ryan Ryan Presley, Ryan Stanek and, and Phil Maton, uh, those guys I think we can count on, but who else outside are you kind of worried about? I think
1: you, you expect Hector Naris to be, you know, excelling in that bullpen. I know he, a lot of people looked at his baseball savant page, tons of red circles. Um, he kind of struggles late into games. Maybe those high leverage situations could bother him a little bit to start the year. So I wouldn't bash on Hector Neris as much. Don't think of him as a Pedro bias case. I know Hector Neris is going to make a good amount of money for a reliever, mm-hmm. but uh, that, you know, I think letting Hector Naris settle in into the American league West there's going to be a lot of sluggers this year. Mike Trout's back. Um, Corey Seager is there. Marcus Simeon's back in the AOS. So he's right. going to be facing a lot of good hitters compared to what he did in the NL East. Um, looking at other players, people other you know arms Pedro Baez. that's gonna be somebody we're worrying about all year um sure. I think a trip mm-hmm. to the injured list is going to happen eventually that velocity is um never going to come back I don't think that Velo is ever going to re- return to what it was um <clears throat> but other than that I you know there's going to be there's a 10-man bullpen opening year um Abreu is going to be there but I think guys like Josh James uh Brandon Bielak Peter Salmon Guys are going to come up, get some chances. I'd like right. to see Anoli Predis, you know, get a little bit better. I know the command still wasn't there this spring, but he's another guy I'd like to see back up there.
0: Yeah, and, and um, I mean, you really think about it, Presley getting the ninth, Stanek, Maton getting the seventh, eighth, and then naris Blanco, and a couple of those other candidates really being the, the sixth, maybe even seventh inning. Uh, I, I think the depth will be there, and, you know, we're going to count on guys to come up and, and help out. You know, the Hunter Browns, the Bermudez, the uh, Sean Dubins, Peter Solomons, you know, the Astros are going to rely on those guys. but. Every year it kind of feels like, man, who, how are you going to replace this guy and the Astros find a way to do it? So definitely optimistic about how the Astros are going to play. But I want to get into to a question. So who do you think is going to be the Astros MVP? Now I'm, I want to answer this first. I'm going to do it based on based on the shirt I'm wearing. It's an Apollo shirt. It says, Tuck, yeah, Kyle Tucker, Astros MVP right there. We saw what he did from uh, about May 9th to the end of the season, and he was literally like the best hitter in baseball during that time. Uh, if not, top two, top three maybe. Phenomenal, good he's solid defense, uh, defensively in the outfield. I think if he if he does what he did from that May 9th to the end of the year, and I mean, really, if you take away the bad luck April that he had, which was incredibly bad luck. The guy probably would have been like a top five MVP candidate last year. And I, I think he may I have to look. I don't know if he got any votes last year, but I think he's a guy that's about to have that, that real big breakout. We saw what Bregman did from 18 to 19, where Bregman was a really good player in 18 and then, bam, 19. He's an MVP, uh, MVP candidate, finished number two. I think we could see something like that from Tucker, uh, except you know he might have a chance to actually win it as well.
1: I know you probably think the exact same thing when you see those Posts like who's going to be the American League MVP, and there's no Kyle Tucker in the picture. And, yeah. you know, he's very one of the most under, underrated players. I think him and Tyler O'Neill from the Cardinals are the two most underrated players in baseball. And I would choose Kyle Tucker here, but I'm going to choose a different player just to make it a little bit different here. Right. I'm going to go with Alex Bregman. I think the return of Alex Bregman, I know he says like almost every spring, I know he, he said last spring, he's 100% healthy, mm-hmm. a new injury popped up. But this yeah. year, um I'm going to, I'm jumping on the, uh, Bregman, you know, resurgence bandwagon. I'm going to say he's going to come back to that 2018-2019 strength and put up those all-star numbers. I don't think he's going to be probably bordering 1,100 OPS again, like those crazy numbers he had in 2019. But he's going to be an all-star. I'm, I'm betting on that to be an all-star, and I think he'll be the Astros MVP.
0: So I was listening to the Sports Radio uh, 610 this morning. I was listening to Sean and uh, Seth Payne, and uh, they were talking about the uh, the odds for the the, the uh, MVP. You know who has the best odds on the Astros to win MVP? Jordan Alvarez which is kind of surprising because he's a DH, you know, and um, we've seen his best seasons, but his war just doesn't, you know, compete with those guys that are playing in the field every day. Pretty sure he had the best odds. I think next up was uh, was Bregman and then Altuve and then maybe Tucker. I think Tucker was like fourth on the list. And really, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not much into betting, but that seems like a pretty decent bet to take Tucker at what he was at, given how many guys were in front of him. I think he was like I – f- I forgot how far down he was on the list. I'd have to take a look. But um, I'll let you answer this one first. So – I mean, I guess it's kind of an obvious answer. Go, oh, Justin Verlander. But who do you think is going to be the Astros' best pitcher this year? And when we take that into account, take into account the entire season. You know, I mean, I, I expect Verlander to be healthy the full year. McCullers, hopefully he'll be back at some point. Uh, but who do you think is going to be the Astros' best pitcher this year?
1: Um, I've been on this train for like, I think, two years now. Um, it's Jose Arquiti. Um, I think it's kind of like a guy that a lot of people are just like, oh, yeah, he gets out. Yep. Um, today he pitched – or mon- Monday he pitched five innings in the final spring training game. Um, he had zero strikeouts. He's a guy that gets outs by contact. And that's what I like about him. Is that he's looking to get outs. And he has that kind of a sneaky swagger that people don't know about. Uh, Mark Berman did like a phone interview with him one time. And he was like, it doesn't matter. We're going to make the World Series. Like he just, <laughs> he, he know he knows what this team can do. He knows how good his, you know, how, his te- how good his teammates are. And you know he got a little bit of an injury there until the end of the season last year. But he's a guy that I'm going to be right in the Cy Young Train for uh, one day. And I hope, I, I think Jose Arquitee is going to be the best pitcher down the stretch.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's a good choice. People don't realize, you know, he's got a, a 355 career ERA. Um, and I'm trying to find the postseason numbers here because I think his postseason. Yeah, 405 ERA in the postseason. And that was really, you know, one bad start against Boston. Um, he, he's been solid everywhere he's been in the majors, but that's a good choice. Um, man, if I had to choose somebody, you know, you're going to lean lean rotation i'll go Framber valdez he finished the season pretty strong had, had the, uh, that really good outing in, in boston late in the year i know he struggled a little bit in the uh the world series but it seemed like a lot of the, the pitching did as well but i'll go Framber valdez you know he's, he kind of had that mini breakout in, in 2020 solo last year struggled with some injuries but he's back i know uh our, our buddy ben from over at apollo posted that article about him added that cutter and man, if you know he adds another pitch on top of the curveball and the velocity he has and, and the the, the ground balls he generates, you know, the guy can be really, really nasty. So I'll go with Framber Valdez. Last question I got for you. I'll let you answer first, then I'll give it a stab, a stab at it. But outside of Jeremy Pena, because he, he's the favorite right now to be the best rookie on the Astros team, but outside of Jeremy Pena, who do you think is going to be the, the next best rookie for the Astros in 2022?
1: You know, there's not a lot of young guys on the team. We both know that, um, you know, it's a team that's been pretty deep. A lot of, you know, returning guys, guys like Michael Brantley showed up and have just excelled. Um, you look at that center field uh, position, McCormick's not a rookie anymore, but you guys, you got guys like Meyer and Siri. Siri's still technically a prospect. Um, mm-hmm. A few more, a few more weeks at the major league level and you won't be a prospect anymore. Right. Um, but my look is probably in the pitching staff. Um, I'm going to rock with Peter Solomon this year. I think he's going to be that rookie. Um, I think he pitched in five games last year and had a sub two ERA. That can be a little bit of luck. Um, you know, these major leaguers are facing him. I have no idea who he is. Right. <clears throat> they have no idea what his arsenal looks like. A guy like Brandon Belak in 2020 was like, oh, this guy's going to be a good depth piece in the rotation. Mm-hmm. And then he faced the Padres and they just mashed the ball out of him. You know, slam Diego just came mm-hmm. right then and there. And so it's going to be a guy who's probably going to get it, you know, have a, a bumpy road at some point, but I don't think he's going to be a starter in the rotation for a while. I think he's a really good trade chip. I think he could be a starter on a team like the Orioles. Right. A team looking to rebuild. But I think this year... If he gets his innings, I'm I'm rocking with Peter Solomon.
0: All right, yeah, and, and, and I'm gonna go uh, Hunter Brown. I mean, it feels kind of obvious outside of, of Jeremy Pena, you know, the Astros' top pitching prospect. But um, we see there's there's always injuries, and I know there's a couple guys ahead of him in, in the Solomon and the Bermudez um, that that are already on the 40 man roster. But if he gets an opportunity, I think we're really gonna get to see what he could do. And I mean, the guy was mowing down hitters last year. You know, he's got that high 90s fastball, big curve. Um, so i'll go ahead and say uh, hunter brown will be the, the biggest rookie contributor for us this year but there's other guys we, we kind of talked about that i think can can contribute Bermudez left-handed pitcher he's got to get an opportunity Sean dubin nasty in relief you know i mean i, I remember talking to him in uh, last year and asking him what does he think he can run it up to if he was if he was a focused reliever where his goal is one inning one inning at a time? And he, he thinks he can hit triple digits. I mean, he was hitting 98-99 last year in, in AAA. So um, those are just a couple guys that I think that are on the 40-man roster, and we may get to see what they can do this year uh, in relief. And you know, we talk about the impact from the rookies. It's always big. The Astros count on it, and I think this year they're going to get some uh, some more impact from those rookies.
1: Definitely with, like, Lance's injury. Um, so, yeah. you know, Jake like Odorizzi. You know, I think Jake Odorizzi is going to have a bounce back here. But if he For struggles, sure. there's a lot of depth. Um, that's something they lacked so much last year. You know, Tyler Ivey got hurt. Forrest Whitley got hurt. Um, Jairus Solis, who was still in the 40-man at that time, wasn't going to pitch in the majors. But he was right. also hurt, you know, burning a roster spot. Right. There was just a lot of injuries. And this year, it's just I think there's so much depth that you you can worry about there's no a lot of all-star status <laughs> in this rotation. But there's a lot of depth. I think yeah. the depth is there.
0: Yeah, one last thing I'll say before before we go here, I, I did a little giveaway on uh, on Twitter. So if you listen, feel free to get in on that. I'm going to choose the uh, the winner before Astro or at the Astros first pitch on Thursday. But Kyle Tucker autograph card. So Tuck, yeah, go get in on that uh, on that giveaway. But uh, appreciate everyone listening. So that's going to do it for today's episode. If you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to your podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back for our next episode of the Astros Future Podcast covering your Astros in the minor league system.